We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is Tyrese Halliburton, and you're listening to Setting the Pace. of the show, NBA writer and host for the Hoops Hype podcast, none other than Michael Scotto. Scotto, what's going on? What's up, brother? It was good to see you at MSG the other day, and uh, looking forward to talking hoops with you guys, as always. I know Alex isn't here, but uh, I think we'll hold down the fort. <laughs> I, I think we will, and yeah, it was great seeing you at Madison Square Garden, but man, a lot has changed for this Pacers team ever since that game, because... As you remember, that was the game Tyrese Halliburton, you know, went down, did not finish, and has not returned since. So, you know, Scott kind of changes things a little bit for the Pacers, potentially with the NBA trade deadline February 9th. You tell me, 23 and 23, ahead of expectations, the Pacers are. Does this Halliburton injury make them sellers, or could they still be buyers? I don't think the Tyrese Halliburton injury affects whether they're going to be buyers or sellers. I think what affects what they're going to do is where are they at with contract extension talks with Miles Turner, ultimately, to me, uh, that's the big domino that, that's got to fall at some point. You know, they can restructure his contract and extend them, and or do you just do uh, – because, like, to me, if you're Indiana, do you go into the offseason not knowing for sure? I don't think you can. I mean, that to me, that's the biggest question for them. They've they've exceeded outside expectations. Um, you know, again, I, I, I've always felt like with them and, you know, in talking with the Pacers, they know they have their backcourt of the future. You know, Miles is certainly an option for them as a, a long-term piece that he's still young enough that he could fit the core long-term. Uh, really, they got to figure out who's going to be joining him in that front court and, and along the wing at the three, ultimately. Um, you know, Tyrese's injury, 
you can't replace a guy like that who's, in my opinion, an all-star caliber player this year. Um, so, yeah, I mean, for them, it's it's about holding down the fort. But the kid, uh, Andrew Nemhart's been good for them as well. Uh, Rick Carlisle touched on it on when we do our hoops hype redrafts that uh, Andrew Nemhart would be a lot higher than where he was selected. So good opportunity for him to get some minutes. Chris Duarte gets a chance to play more as well. Um, he's another guy that's kind of come up a little bit in the rumor mill. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what, what Indiana does. I think right now, uh, you know, same thing kind of with, uh, with Buddy Heald. I mean, for them, he's, he's been a guy that was obviously linked to the Lakers for a while with Miles Turner. But outside of that, uh, you haven't really heard his name with other teams. So that, that's been a little interesting for me. I think a couple great points over there. Um, you know, one, obviously, Nemard has been an awesome rookie. And actually, Scott, you're a tough act to follow up. We're going to see if Nemhard can do it because he's coming on the show on Monday. So, you know, nice. the ball's in his court. But, look, you know, when you're talking about Mosturn, having a career year, you know, he really is. So he's played, you know, he he's right to feel that, you know, he could test the waters over here and have plenty of suitors. But when you, when you talk about going into the offseason a bit unknown, if he will re-sign, if you're the Pacers and you've struggled to lure high-name free agents in the offseason, do you worry that this is something you might have to get ahead on of trading a guy who's having a career year, entering a contract uh, you know, contract year, or do you just play that course out? I mean, my thing with Miles is previously last year they wanted two first-round picks for him, and now – He's on an expiring deal. I don't know if you're going to be able to get a first-round pick for him. You almost may have your hand forced because how many teams right now are looking to actively get better and get a center for a win-now run at a championship that's a playoff contender? I don't see a rebuilding team making a trade for him at that point. You know, if you're the Lakers right now, they've struggled this season and they haven't shown a willingness uh, to make that blockbuster trade for him and and, and Buddy Hield which has been talked about since the summer, quite frankly. So to me, you can't trade a guy if there's not a ton of buyers. Now, you know, I, you know, some people have mentioned, well, he'll always get linked with like Toronto and, and I think even Charlotte, Charlotte from years ago, Charlotte. It's like, why would you trade for him at this point? When not this year, LaMelo balls hurt, you might end up with Victor Wembanyama. No sense in doing that. If you're Toronto, I mean, on paper, they need a center, a true center. It makes sense. But I don't know what they'd be willing to part with there. And if you're the Pacers, it's like, well, Gary Trent is a two. You got plenty of that on your roster. You know, OG Ananobi, maybe. But I don't know if Toronto would be willing to do that. There's a lot of balls in the air there. I almost feel like the best case scenario for Miles, in terms of his role, as a true five and getting the most opportunity for his development and potentially getting paid, in my opinion right now, would be to stay with Indiana. It's a great point because you're having a career year with the best point guard that you've ever played with in Tyrese Halliburton, a guy who's making everybody around them better, getting them paid. And I, and we've only now seen about a half, set, a half season of a sample size because Turner was out last year after the Pacers made the move for Halliburton. So a, a lot has worked. And obviously the coaching staff, you were there. You had a great you know, soundbite from Rick Carlisle saying that Carlisle does not want to trade Miles Turner. So he would love for him to be here. But a lot remains to be seen. But you mentioned the Lakers earlier. There were so many legs or you know rumors to that 
Lakers Pacers trade it feels like that has died down and to your point with Buddy Heald I'm not hearing his name in a lot of rumors which makes me feel that the Pacers are looking to keep Buddy Heald who still does have one year about 19 million dollars left on his contract and he fits this team the chemistry with Halliburton's been great but is there a Pacer that maybe could be on the move someone you might be hearing or maybe just a gut feeling hey it makes sense to move this guy um, I, I think – I still think Buddy is a guy that could be a trade candidate because you got – I would say this. To me, almost Buddy or Chris Duarte because, to me, you've got kind of a logjam at that two position. Ben Matherin is, is the future there at that position. So do you continue to play him with Buddy and you got it for another year or do you get Buddy out of there – and, and try to pair it with uh, Chris Duarte um, in the backcourt with Matherin and um, Tyrese Halliburton and kind of go a little small there. Um, it's kind of like a three-guard lineup. You could do that with one or the other. To me, I think that's kind of the question. Um, right now, I'll, I'll say this. Yes, it's quiet, but I've always been under the assumption that that does not mean that it's, it's going to be a quiet deadline. I think usually as you get closer this far out, things that get out there right now are more about – they can happen. They've been discussed. Don't get me wrong. But chances are when something gets out there, it's done for a purpose. And it could potentially be to build up trade talks elsewhere. Now, just because it's quiet, I'm almost of the mindset – I. As a reporter in my 12th year, I'm of the mindset it's too quiet. I agree. And, and what I mean by that is something's going to happen at a certain point. I think we're getting too – I've never heard it this quiet, and that concerns me. I think you got to look around the league. you got to look at D'Angelo Russell. Uh, Minnesota would lose his salary slot if he uh, is not brought back in the summer. They're – not necessarily close on his value, uh, what he should be paid. And then you've got, you know, with the Pistons, Boyan Bogdanovich is a guy that a lot of people have talked about. They've set a high asking price. They wouldn't mind having him back next year, but at the same time, a lot of win-now teams could use a guy like him. You get a first-round pick. Do you get something else? Do you get a quality young player with that? Um, do you get maybe multiple seconds with that? Time will tell. I think those offers could go up. Um, you know, you got Jay Crowder, Eric Gordon, um, a lot of veteran guys that could be had out there. Uh, to me with Indiana, I, I just don't, I don't think it's really clear what they are and what they're going to be. Cause they're literally 500, you know, without Tyrese, it's going to be tough for them to sustain their winning ways. He's, he's been their best player. So they could go. They could honestly go either direction. I know that's kind of a uh, a vanilla stance, but it's the truth. And I I think almost what's the like with Miles like to me. I'm of the mindset you might as well pay him and give him a new deal. And then if you want to flip him at the trade deadline next year, you could do it. You've got more leverage because it's more years on his contract. Just ask the Pistons with Boyan Bogdanovich. No, it's true. And look, hey, I, I'm very familiar with Bogdanovich. He could fit a lot of needs for many teams. Former Pacer right over there. Great to see him having success. But 
Talk about in previous years, the trade deadline. When you're mentioning it's too quiet, I agree. Because look at last year. CJ McCollum, Tyrese Halliburton, DeMontis Sabonis, James Harden. Those are all names that were moved just prior to the deadline. So it makes me feel like something will happen. But one name we are hearing a lot about, and does the Pacers do have a need for it? John Collins. John Collins has been, I mean, the Hawks have been as vocal as it feels they can be to say that they're looking to you know, find a new home for John Collins. What do you think the asking price could be for Atlanta? And do you see him moved at the deadline? Well, you see, the thing right now is Atlanta's viewing him as a guy that's a positive trade asset and other teams around the league are viewing it as a negative in the sense that his contract is a bit too much. Other teams want a first round pick for taking him on. And Atlanta's like, this is still a good player. Um, If anything, you should be giving us a pick. So I don't know where the middle ground is there. Um, for Atlanta. They're another team hovering around 500 right now. You've heard a lot about them with Nate McMillan's future, uh, his relationship with Trey Young, John Collins, you touch on. They've had a bunch of injuries. Uh, you know, Boyan Bogdanovich has an option after the year. Does he get extended or not? Uh, he's played well for them for the most part this year. They just extended DeAndre Hunter. Uh, if they want to avoid the luxury tax next year, uh, you're going to have to move either John Collins, Clint Capella, or Bogdan Bogdanovich at that point. So you got to do something. They've got to decide where they're, where they're at. You know, DeJounte Murray came over. It hasn't, it hasn't moved the needle like they thought. It, it really hasn't. And they, they did give up quite a few picks for DeJounte Murray, so they did expect more. I do think that John Collins, the $75 million owed over the next three years, is the holdup over here, but I, I think he's not having a typical John Collins year as in the past. So I, I do think that he is very much available. But is there a team in mind that you think could be ready to either blow it up or decide on which direction they're going in? Because you got a lot of teams floating in that sub-playing range between the Toronto Raptors, the Chicago Bulls, the Atlanta Hawks, where they got to pick a pick a route which way you're going, and they could be either buyers or they could be sellers. Yeah, I mean, as far as the Bulls, they've played well against teams above 500. They've resisted putting Zach Levine on the trade market, even though I've reported there's plenty of teams that are out there monitoring his situation that would trade for him. Uh, He's played better since the start of the year. He looks healthier. So if you're Chicago, uh, the interest in selling off on him has certainly quieted down a lot. Um, And I think, you know, Toronto, Toronto's a team everybody's looking at. You know, Gary Trent Jr. is the number one trade guy there when you talk to rival executives that they believe uh, could be moved at the deadline. Um, after that, OG Ananobi could certainly bring back a haul. Uh, I think he's a name you got to look at. You almost wonder, though, like what if they go that route, you got those two guys that are a little younger, and then you got Pascal Siakam and Fred Van Vliet who are in their late 20s, more kind of win-now guys over the next few years. So it depends on what direction they want to go. Washington just gave Bradley Beal a max extension. Gave him everything except for ownership stake in the Capitals and the Nationals out That's in true. Washington. Uh, they traded for Porzingis when they were out of the playoffs. Okay, That's a win-now move. Kuzma's played better for them. A guy that's gotten more of an opportunity there than he would anywhere else. Looking ahead, they want to keep Kuzma. They want to keep Porzingis. They have their three, and they think that a fourth guy would be ideal, another core guy. 
Uh, it has not been Rui Hachimura. You know, Corey Kispert is a fine shooter. It hasn't been Johnny Davis. Who's going to be that fourth guy? Can they use future assets to get another guy there to make that team better? Um, that's the question. Atlanta, we, we've touched on. Uh, Detroit, Boyan Bogdanovich, Alec Burks. Are they going to sell those guys off? Um, you know, time will tell there. I think we touched on Minnesota with D'Angelo Russell. I'm trying to think. Uh, Houston with Eric Gordon, K.J. Martin. To me, I would look at Orlando in the sense that they've got a log jam at several positions in Orlando. You know, you've got, I mean, for crying out loud, in the front court, you've got Wendell Carter, uh, Paolo Bancaro, and, and Franz Wagner, who are kind of your core three. Cool. But then you've got Bol Bol. You've got uh, Chumo Kiki, Mo Bamba. At some point, you're probably trying to split some of that up. You know, Mo Bamba's been a name that's kind of been mentioned in talks. At the guard position, you got four guards at the one pretty much in Markel Fultz, Jalen Suggs, um, Cole Anthony, and RJ Hampton. Uh, you know, they got Gary Harris at the two that they could move, you know, Terrence Ross. Orlando's got a lot of guys I feel like that can make a move if they want to and sell off on some uh, guys there. Uh, so, so to me, those are teams like I'm, I'm looking at off the top of my head. You know, it, it, it's a great point because we just don't know who's going to be the major sellers, but there's always going to be one team. But a couple of buy low options that are reported out there, a name that you mentioned, Rui Hachimura, someone that I was intrigued coming out of Gonzaga. I felt that in you know, a lottery pick, felt like he had a lot of potential has not maybe shown you know growth in his game over the last few years as many have hoped. And then there's also a guy like Cam Reddish, who it feels like his value is dropping by the day. He's been out of the rotation for the Knicks for quite some time. Uh, the asking prices might be very different for both players, but uh, outside of those two guys, is there any other buy lows that you think are the young players that could be worth investing in? Because a team like Indiana, they have a history of you know, developing talent Five players have won most improved player of the year awards over with the Pacers, but I wonder if either of those guys are worth taking a flyer on for the Pacers. Yeah, I mean, we saw it with Jalen Smith last year, I think. Uh, you know, Rui Hachimura, he's been a solid pro. I think a really good guy off a of bench to have. Um, if you're trading for him, you're looking at having his restricted free agency rights, um, and you're kind of envisioning him as a guy that could be a part of your future. Uh, for Washington, they've got a little bit of a log jam there with Kyle Kuzma and Chris Dapps Porzingis, so he's a little bit more expendable. Mm-hmm. Um, Cam Reddish, you touched on. Cam, you know, I had reported previously the Knicks wanted two second-round picks for him. You know, Mark Stein has reported that uh, that asking price has gone down even now to one second-round pick. I just think at this point uh, it's about getting him off the roster just for the both sides. It just it, it didn't work out. They're not getting a first-round pick back. Other buy low guys out there, I guess maybe you can consider like an R.J. Hampton in Orlando as a buy low kind of development guy. Uh, Still very young in his career, uh, just at a log jam in Orlando and and not going to get a lot of minutes there. Uh, hmm. You could have made the argument for Killian Hayes, but he's starting now and and not – yeah, and I mean, if you're the Pistons, it's not necessarily the guy you're trying to move now. I wonder if things would have been different if Cade was healthy, but that's uh, uh, it doesn't matter at this point now. Uh, other than that, 
trying to think bottom tier guys i guess in theory like if you try to go for the houston rockets with kj martin um which i am intrigued with i I do like kj's growth that he's had over the last few years and i I think that he he could have suitors you know if if houston's looking to make the move yeah so i mean other than that i'm just thinking out west uh i don't know maybe on minnesota like a nas reader that's exactly who i was gonna say i brought him up the other day apparently uh minnesota not expected to come to any sort of agreement with nas reed i think that when he's been able to be a starter in limited fashion. He has produced. I do think that he could be on the move. And Indiana doesn't really need another center unless they are to move uh, a Turner or Goga. But that's someone that I do think could be on the move uh, this trade deadline. Yeah. So, you know, as we as we kind of wrap up over here, I just think Kyle Kuzma, I got to bring it up for Alex. Alex, he is now fixated on Kuzma. He's got a man crush on him. I'm trying to say it doesn't make sense for the Pacers to make the move for Kuzma because Kuzma even appeared on the Woj pod, very vocal about turning down his $13 million player option and hitting free agency. Do you think that A, Washington holds on to him, hopes for the best to come to an agreement, or B, if there is a team making a move for Kuzma, what would that price tag be for a trade? You know, look, a lot of people want Kyle Kuzma, and I get it. I think, first of all, him turning down the $13 million player option right was, but no kidding. Like, yeah. of course, he's going to get a lot more than that. He's going to get he has to. $20 million plus. Yeah, that was always an obvious thing. I think, I don't know if that means necessarily that he wouldn't go back to Washington because at the end of the day, Washington's given him the biggest opportunity for his career, and they're going to pay him. Yeah. So uh, they want to keep him. So to me... I don't think you can just count them out. That That's my stance there on Kyle. As far as what it would take to trade for him, I mean, if you're Washington, you're trying to kind of win at this point. So you'd probably have to get a young player and a future pick. And I don't know if a team's going to do that without the guarantee that he's going to stay there long term. I just don't see a team poning up for Kuzma right now when I, he's not signing an early extension anywhere or anything of the sort. That man is hitting free agency and looking to cash in. So if you're Washington, I, I think they probably go down with the ship because they have struggled to kind of draw, you know, free agent, uh, free agent talent. I would say they, they've gotten everybody through trades. When you think about Porzingis, you think about a Kyle Kuzma. Obviously, yeah. they they did what they had to do to keep Beal over there. It has not worked, but. I understand if they go down with that shit. But, Scott, before we wrap up over here, please tell everybody some of the awesome content that you're putting out there and where they can find you on social media. Sure thing. On Twitter, you can find me at Mike A. Scotto. Mike A. Scotto is S-C-O-T-T-O. Check out, obviously, my stuff on hoopshype.com. We just did a recent NBA notebook. We touched on the futures of uh, Kyrie Irving, Nate McMillan, our capologist, Yossi Goslin, touched on trade talks for the Raptors, the Hornets, and some other teams as well. Uh, and we'd always do a free agency stock watch update there from my colleague, Frank Urbina. Uh, as far as the Hoops High podcast, check it out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere else that you can listen to podcasts. Uh, next week, I might try to double up and get a couple of writers from two different teams. Uh, since this week, we were pretty front-loaded with a lot of written content, but uh, definitely on Twitter. You'll get all the access directly there. Uh, sometimes I just put out uh, some videos like I did last night when we were talking about with Chris Porzingis and, and what happened with him after his tenure with the Knicks. 
so be sure to follow me there at Mike Escato. Everything will come directly to you. Hey, Michael is a great follow, an absolute must follow. So, hey, Scott, we definitely appreciate you coming on the show. As always, we'll have to come. Love to have you back on the show right after the trade deadline, maybe to recap or so. But as always, I appreciate you. My pleasure, brother. Anytime. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, everybody, joining us now for our fans of the week. We got two today. It's Corey and Dia Carter. Corey, Dia, how are you guys? Doing good. Awesome. We are so excited to have you on to talk about your fandom and how this all started. So I guess, Dia, take it away. How did you guys become Pacer fans? So it was 2014. Corey, my husband here, came home and said, "Uh, so I got half-season Pacer tickets. And we didn't go to games or anything ever at that time. And I'm like, okay, whatever. So we started attending our half-season games. And within two games, I was probably a bigger fan than he was. <laughs> and this is now our 10th season of being Pacer of season ticket holders. Wow, I love that. Corey, absolute power move just going with a half-season <laughs> ticket plan. Not even just, hey, I got tickets to a game. Just really, you know, going all in. And, and it worked because – is hooked but yeah. is there a game in specific maybe for the both of you or maybe it's different is there a game that sticks out for each of you that's like oh that's one of the best games that we've seen together uh i don't know if there's a game that sticks out because i'm uh well uh you know maybe the san antonio game uh when oladipo was there oh yeah that that first game with him uh, we were sitting in the old like varsity club with some friends, you know, and I just remember that that moment of, of him hitting that game winning shot. Like, you know, that one kind of sticks out to me. I'm sure there are others if I actually, you know, had time to think about it. We've been to a lot of them, a lot of good ones. And, you know, Corey, I think that's an uh, an underrated game winner of Oladipo's. It's not, it's not really spoke about as much. Everybody always remembers the game winner against the Celtics. Or maybe like a, a really big shot he hit uh, when he returned against Chicago. But I feel like not a lot of people talk about that Spurs game winner. So I think that's a that's a blast from the past right there, for sure. I think any game that Lance Stevenson comes back is is good, too. I like those ones. Electric. <laughs> yeah, the 20-point yeah. first quarter was pretty special off the bench. I mean, that was pretty awesome last year. And I know last season was not the, the season we all expected. So... It was a bright spot for sure. So let me ask you this. You know, you've been fans for a little while now. Who is your all-time favorite Pacer player? 
Oh, that's that's got to be Reggie. You got to go with Reg. Okay. So, I, yeah, I mean, who else? Uh, but I mean, currently, if if you know, if you took Reggie out of the equation, because that's kind of like the default answer. Uh, uh, I I love Halliburton. Uh, I've always been big on watching like point guards play. Like when the Clippers would come to town when Chris Paul was there, like I would always love to go see those games because just watching a a good point guard run the floor and actually just be a floor general is is magic sometimes I just love it what about you Jeff? I, I like reggie too of course but i can't get enough of lance um i'm just a lance fan when he, he was up in kroger in indy he did a fan meet and greet probably when was it june sometimes okay. there and i totally went and stood in line and got my autograph that he told me he'd give me earlier, like the week before in a game. And he, I said, hey, you're in trouble. And he said, oh, sorry, here you go. But he's just amazing. He gets out there and he just, you know, revs everybody up. I heard so much about that Kroger appearance because it just feels like he really gave a lot back to all of his fans that showed up. And I, I feel like Lance knows just how much the fans love him out of, I mean, a three-time pacer. How many players get to return to a team that many times? But we're still asking for more. Yeah. But uh, when we had Lance on the show, it was one of the best interviews or one of my favorite interviews that we've ever done. We'll have to have him back on again because he's just that entertaining. Um, but maybe coming into the year, we, we all had this different type of outlook on what the season could be, but it's actually been a blast. And the Pacers have been far more competitive than I'd like to say many of us thought. What were your expectations going into the year, maybe compared to where they're at now? My my expectations was kind of, I mean, I thought we were going to be like kind of full on take mode, uh, you know, getting the lottery, getting the contest. And, you know, I, was, I went in saying like, let's just, just have entertaining games real close and then lose at the end. So we <laughs> get, but I didn't expect them to be as good as they are. I thought they could be better with Matherin. I thought we'd probably have a better season than what we did last year. But, I mean, this so far has exceeded expectations. Yeah, um, I was just ready for a few good games. Uh, it's a rebuilding year. It'll be fine next year. It'll be better. And then now it's like, hey, how about those Pacers? Every time I go into work, because there's a few skeptical people in there that I work with. <laughs> and I say, look at this. Did you see the game last night? Hey. Yeah, so it's been amazing. Let them know. Let them yeah. know how it works. Yeah. We appreciate you. For sure. I have yeah. a convert at my work, too. A I convert. took him to one game, and he's like, I don't like basketball. I don't like basketball. He came in the other day and said, I don't like you. I said, why? He said, because I want to go again. It's like I'm <laughs> He's like, I'm, I'm tweeting go Pacers and stuff. He's like, man, I don't know what's going on, but that was so much fun. <laughs> he's been bit. He's got the Pacer fever right now. Yep. Man, you're doing the Lord's work right there, spreading the good news <laughs> out there about the Pacers. I love it. Um, Hallelujah. <laughs> Try to let him know. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. So let me ask you this. I mean, Benedict Mather, probably one of the most electrifying rookies the Pacers have seen, probably since Paul George. But I think even he's exceeded Paul George's rookie season. So what are your thoughts on Benedict Mather, and what do you think his ceiling could be? I, I mean, I think his ceiling is going to be really high. You know, it's it's going to be interesting to see when he starts the, you know, I don't think anybody really expected the the sixth man type of role for him when he came in being, you know, a number six draft pick. Like, that's just usually not what you do when you're in that situation. Um, but, I mean, it's it's worked out well for him, and he's honestly, you know, 
from a basketball standpoint, you understand, you know, why Carlisle would make that move and, you know, him having the freedom to just, you know, score and attack the basket. But, uh, yeah, I think his ceiling is going to be really high. I think there's, you know, some things that as time goes on, you see players, you know, look for other people, kind of the game slows down for him. And I think, you know, once he hits his prime, he's going to be scary. Yeah, we went to the draft party and we were really excited when we heard his name, when we called his name. And he's just really good already at everything, but he still has room to improve. So that is scary for others, not us, of course. But <laughs> he's just fun to watch too. And his mentality of, well, not even LeBron is better than me. So that helps, I think, you know. Mm-hmm. He's not egotistical about it, which makes it even better. So. I will say I did not realize he could shoot like that. The first few games watching him, I'm like, man, I didn't know. Like, this kid's a shooter. Like, most people know how to shoot, but I didn't realize he could shoot like that. Like, he was really and has been throughout the season a consistent shooter. I guess I just didn't realize it or didn't know that from college at all. But I think he's just surpassed all expectations. I mean, just, just like you guys said, you're excited that we got him on draft night. So were Alex and I. I mean, we did a live reaction pod. We were thrilled but I just don't think we thought he was this good. So that's been the best. And we also needed that type of edge, that that uh, that confidence over there to just say like, yeah, so what? LeBron's LeBron, but I'm Benedict Matherin. You know, like we haven't had that in, in a long time. So my last question for you guys would say like, maybe what's uh, one thing you're both looking forward to for the second half of the season? Uh, Pal Burton getting healthy. <laughs> good answer <laughs> but that way um uh the second half i will say this for the second half of the season i'm looking forward to getting over the hill of the trade rumors and what's going on and everything else because it's it's just it gets exhausting um i think you know turner's having a, a stellar year this year and i don't know it's we just can't quit talking about the trade rumors. So I, I get tired of seeing them all the time. So at least once you get through the trade deadline, you know where you're at. You don't have to worry, like, are they going to send somebody here or there? Um, and just kind of see where we finish. Yep, yeah, I was going to say, see where we see where this takes us, because wherever we end up, we know next year is going to be the best. And it's going to be amazing. I'm so excited. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I wanted to ask you because you are season ticket holders and I know you guys can't always go to the games together. Um, what is your like game day rituals that you have to go through when it's you know time for a game? I'm just curious. I'll let you start with that one because you're more game day ritual than me. Well, <laughs> no, I'm just I'm just saying you are. <laughs> uh, well, I really get into what I'm going to wear. <laughs> I have to choose which jersey because we have about half of our closet is jerseys and pacer gear. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I have to tell him no every time I go to the team store to not buy something new. But what? I okay anyway. But we we have to get there early too so we can walk around and spin the wheel mm-hmm. <laughs> and just be there. I I just love everything about it. Just you gotta try to win the paper the pacers pop it for for our ten first son. Yep. <laughs> Oh, nice. They have a pop it. Gotcha, gotcha. That's awesome. For me, it's just mostly, um, you know, what jersey I'm going to wear. Like, I think through Turner jersey, you got, you know, some Matherin, 
just got to figure out what I'm wearing, but nothing, nothing real extreme. Uh, playoffs, maybe sometimes gold outs. Yeah, we know. go so often. There's, it's gotten to where we're just, it's normal life. <laughs> yeah, I, I do have, I do have pants and like an actual, basically uniform when they gold out, so that like you know, the gold warm up pants and gold shirt and gold everything. So, mm, I love other that. than that, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's no, awesome. That's yeah. that's great. The jersey decision is a crucial decision. So I don't blame you on that. I got jerseys that, you know, I can't wear anymore because I'm thinking to myself, you know what? We've lost a couple times when I've worn <laughs> that one. But, you know, it, it, there's just tough decisions to make. So I don't blame you on that. Yep. There have been a lot of times where I wore somebody's jersey and then they play bad. So then, then it gets <laughs> then it gets to me. It's like, man, I really want to wear this jersey tonight. But, man, I don't want them to have a bad game. So, yeah. like, so you just got to know. Maybe next time. It. Maybe next time the Clippers come, I'll wear a Paul George jersey. I don't know. <laughs> I think that's a solution right there. That's a good idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. So uh, thank you guys so much for coming on. And we want to give you guys the opportunity to send us home like we do every podcast. So uh, maybe you guys can do it in unison. But if you're excited to be a Pacer fan, then hit us with those three words. Let's go Pacers! Yeah. Setting the pace, going to the top. This is your number one podcast. Sweeping every team. We gon' need.